Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Survive and Thrive, a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how, in changing times, leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but also thrive. I'm your host, Jennifer Ayers. Welcome to this first episode of Season 5. Last season, we tackled the topic around the future of work. And through data gathering, different insights, examining trends, conversations with incredible guests, we really broke down what needs to happen today so people and businesses can thrive in organizations tomorrow. During this season, we're going to be tackling some abstract concepts that are sometimes just very difficult and sometimes slippery to describe. We're going to find tangible solutions and practical ways to implement real impactful change and we're going to do it while we talk about the importance of culture. So, we are going to examine culture reimagined in this season, and I'm excited that you're here with me to explore this topic. So, what is culture reimagined exactly? While last season, we, as I said, we focused on the future of work, This season, I want to discuss how business leaders can really reimagine culture as a way to start implementing positive change in their organization. In order to begin, we need to know how to build a business with a culture in mind, to reimagine, to reintroduce, and to implement and facilitate specific activities that could create a beneficial work culture. Now, starting from the ground up, and reworking your approach towards a reimagined culture within your organization may seem a little bit overwhelming, but it's well worth it. And there are countless stories of organizations that have had huge success when they are intentional and thoughtful about their culture. Yes, culture is an integral workplace success factor, I would say. And according to Deloitte survey findings, 94% of executives and 88% of employees believe that distinct workplace culture is important to the business success. When competing against similar companies and other companies in similar fields, your culture is going to be the thing that makes you stand out and makes you distinct and unique. I also believe it's the thing that can really help you thrive in times of really difficult, impactful changes. We all lived through quite a few challenges in the pandemic. And during some of my prior seasons, I interviewed a lot of leaders who shared that it was their culture that helped them as an organization get through some of the more challenging moments when we were all living through the pandemic. Therefore, if positive culture is a cornerstone of a successful business and can help you get through uncertain and tumultuous times, shouldn't it be included in the business model Instead of just an afterthought, by reimagining culture, I think we can make huge strides in our organizational successes, and it's worthy of our time, attention, and effort. We can establish specific steps to create and strengthen our business model by incorporating components of culture. But why do I say that culture needs to be reimagined anyway? I mean, Culture exists already in most places, doesn't it? Of course, culture always is present. It's the thing that you feel that sometimes isn't talked about, 
It's the reason why you might decide to leave a job because you feel that it's a toxic environment. It all boils down to culture. So why am I saying that culture now needs to be reimagined? To fully answer this question, I need to first address what I mean by reimagining culture. I mean to really explore the way we look at it and transform the way we think about it, value it, and support it within our organizations. It's been my professional experience at Consinity and prior to Consinity where I have helped thousands of organizations realize positive and sustainable change, and I've seen firsthand the effects of neglect on culture in the workplace. I believe this can be largely attributed to our lack of ability to fully comprehend the value of culture and what it can do for us. Organizational leaders and members have long struggled with ways to effectively nurture and measure impacts of positive culture and negative culture. It's important considering, according to a recent report from MIT Sloan Management Review, a toxic workplace culture is 10.4 times more likely to have employees quit versus low compensation. We all know what it feels like to work in a toxic environment, and we all know antidotally that these environments do indicate lower productivity and lower morale. However, our methods of reporting progress as an organization have limited our ability to amplify this as an impact. The metrics that are typically used when reporting our organizational successes for board meetings, investor meetings, leave a lot of gaps in reporting on culture. In fact, I was just speaking to someone about the fact that there's just as much importance around doing due diligence for culture when you're looking at an acquisition than just doing the financial analysis or the IP analysis. And considering a culture's elusive but important status in the workplace, this leaves leaders with an inaccurate representation of business success and leaves the organizational members struggling. However, by reimagining culture in the workforce, we can aim to illuminate those gaps and encourage leaders to take new approaches to facilitate positive culture within an organization. This involves exploring new indicators that demonstrate how being intentional in the way you shape culture can lead to meaningful business results. Indicators of cultural success should focus on weakness within your culture, current culture, and consider aspirational culture. And who knows about the company culture better than the people that are living it? Later in this episode, I'll discuss ways to gain and leverage your employees' perspectives on culture within your organization. Furthermore, taking these new measurements can help us identify these weak spots, transform leadership process to appropriately address them, and create a happier environment for people to work in. That said, your employee happiness matters, and Indeed Forrester's study found that 80% of workers want to see information about employee well-being before accepting an offer, and 61% believe that in 10 years, workers will not settle for companies that don't have a healthy workplace culture, or prioritize their culture. So how can leaders change their approach towards thinking about putting steps in place to nurture culture? In the next segment, I'll shed a little light on this by talking about some common mistakes organizations make when it comes to culture in general. Change is constant, but business needs stability too. So how can you blend the two? Sometimes your business may need a customized approach that I'm not able to provide in a 30-minute episode, 
And that's where my team at Consinity can jump in and help. After decades of experience, myself and my colleagues can help organizations develop strategies and plans to navigate difficult and ambiguous times, all while nurturing a healthy workplace culture. You know your organizational goals. Allow us to help you accelerate and realize the outcomes that you desire in a positive and sustainable way. For more information about our team and our services, visit us at consinityus.com today. To determine the changes involved in transforming and reimagining culture, organizations must first be aware of the mistakes they're making when it comes to company culture in general and understand their significance. Through my work in Consinity, I have seen firsthand some of the biggest mistakes that companies make when it comes to culture, and they don't see necessarily the impact of that because it may not be set up in some sort of reporting or metric system, but they certainly feel the impact when productivity is low, when morale is low, when projects fall behind, when clients call and complain because something was delivered poorly to them, it matters. A lot of work that I have led is involved in helping leaders navigate major business change in their organizations. And this could be in the form of maybe a post M&A integration or standing up a new go-to-market solution or changing the business model in general integrating new legal requirements, you name it. But a common theme I see over and over again with leaders is oversimplifying the impact of these changes on their people in the organization. You see, the organization is only as so strong as people within it. So for organizational changes to be successful, the people within the organization need to be appropriately considered and prepared. It's part of the culture to consider them. Often I hear, can't I just get them in the boat rowing in the right direction? This is just a simple org change. Why do we need to complicate things by putting more thought into ways of working? Or why are we even talking about what my culture is like if I'm asking to just implement this new solution? However, leaders must realize that the work that needs to be done is really about getting to the hearts and the minds of the people and helping lead them through change by addressing specific components of the culture if they are not already in place. The important thing to focus on in the way leaders can influence how things get done is if you are intentional about thinking through the implications. And if you have a culture where you allow people to express some of their specific concerns or some of their specific observations regarding the change, if you're able to give them a voice so that they can feel some level of comfort in the discomfort. There's more about this in my season two, episode eight, where we talk about the eight tenets of successful change management, which we won't belabor right here and now. But when leaders don't consider the implications of changes to their organization and think about the way they need to nurture their culture through it, it can be a real barrier or impediment to realizing your operational and business goals. Conversely, if you invest in your people through a change and you consider the culture and where that culture is and how to nurture that culture through a change, not only can you get through something that could be difficult, 
but you could see people taking a stand to get behind you when they might not have been the ones that were interested in the beginning to make the change. In addition, when you are faced with a change that's unplanned, like the pandemic, if you've taken some steps to intentionally nurture your culture, you will see those people stand up and take accountability and come up with solutions to drive the organization for forward through the change, and they will work tirelessly to do so. I have seen it time and time again. I believe it's important that leaders should remember that reimagining culture is an action, not a concept. Culture can only be improved if we dedicate the attention it needs and we put some specific steps in place in order to address where culture is weak or toxic. And we need to reframe the way we think about the value of being intentional with our cultural development or culture transformation, because fundamentally it is essential and at the core of everything we do. To reimagine culture is to transform the way we consider it, value it, and facilitate it within organizations. This means we take actionable steps and we determine what are the measures that illustrate that the steps that we're taking are successful or that we're making progress. And there are ways to measure this and we'll get into some of those in future episodes. So, are you interested? Are you intrigued? Do you want to learn more about how to help your organization build a foundation of a healthy work culture for your future and for the future success of your organization and for all of the changes and impacts that you may go through as a leader and be required to navigate your teams through? Well, then I'm really excited and I hope you are too for the seasons survive and thrive ahead where we will be discussing some of these specific taskers, actionable ways for leaders to really think through and create a positive, impactful culture, improving their organizations all around. I'm also very excited to announce Consinity's new company, Culturology. Through this acquisition, we at Consinity can level up some of our resources and capabilities to better support organizations that wish to create meaningful and impactful and sustainable changes for their workforce. I'm so excited to work with a close colleague of mine, Steve Van Valen. In the next few episodes, you'll hear a conversation between Steve and me as we talk more specifically about ways that companies can really set in place some plans of action to reimagine their culture. And by the way, just so you know, Steve has recently just published a book. So I highly recommend you go out and take a look for it, The Search for Meaning at Work. We're going to also be hosting a panel discussion in February, which I'm super excited about, to explore all of the ways that leaders can help create a place in an environment where people can really feel connected and feel like they have a purpose. Thank you everyone for listening and joining this episode of our Survive and Thrive podcast. Remember, at Consinity, we empower the conscious leader to realize positive and sustainable change. Until next time, don't just survive, thrive. Take care.